Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, Andrea here. I hope you're doing amazing. I'm so excited because it's book highlighting time. Yay! This is where I take these amazing books and I suck out all the actionable nuggets and the positive psychology so you can put the knowledge into action right away. So now I always say if something sparks your interest or something really stands out to you or you want to delve in deeper, if you haven't read the book, I do recommend that you purchase the book and support the authors because they put so much research, so much energy, so much time and so much knowledge into these packages of wisdom for us. So that is definitely what I recommend. So this is a highlight, a summary. This is where I just do an overview of the book. Sometimes we would just want reminders of the key takeaway, the key insights, and that's what I've done here. So let's jump into the book for today. It is a wonderful book called The Sweet Spot, The Pleasures of Suffering and the Search for Meaning by Paul Bloom. Now, shout out to Paul Bloom. He's from Toronto. Toronto, Ontario, or that's where he he's studying, working at the University of Toronto, I believe. And um, that's where I'm from, Toronto. Yay! Well, north of Toronto anyway. Okay, so it seems obvious that pleasure leads to happiness and that pain does the opposite. But is this entirely true? So it's amazing how we are actually drawn to things that actually might hurt us. Can you believe that? So for example, why do we go and watch a horror movie? Or why do we enroll in a marathon? Or you know, why do we wake up at 7am and go to hot yoga? <laughs> right? Because that's not necessarily pleasurable all the time. And he really does make a case in this book that we as humans aren't just motivated by good times and by pleasure, that we actually might seek out things that are not pleasurable in order to experience the the polarity of that. And now I know you're thinking, what? What are you talking about, Andrea? So we as humans actually don't just seek out pleasure. And you're going to discover through this highlight how different he turns this on its head. So we seek to have a good time to enjoy ourselves, to be happy. But could there be more to our motivation? Could there be more that motivates us? And could suffering and pain actually play a role in our pleasure? And so I know what you're thinking, like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know. Like in hindsight, sometimes when you look back, like I know wholeheartedly that I had to go through a a lot of struggle, a lot of pain in the last relationships that I've been in, in order to really feel and experience the pleasure of this relationship that I'm in now. And it's so lovely and fantastic, not to mention that that relationship brought so many fantastic opportunities for me in the in my future, in my current present as well. So you know what, it's amazing to think about this. And sometimes it's really hard to imagine. So this book is so good, because it really does 
teach us that, you know, the good life involves more than just being about pleasure, that suffering is actually an essential tool that, you know what, that could actually help us, that could, so suffering can actually lead to more pleasure. Um, And in the book, he talks all about, basically, he talks about how Suffering can enhance pleasure. Suffering can give us meaning. Suffering can help us in so many ways. Also, the idea of effort and putting in effort that it actually sweetens our life. And then he does talk a lot about too about don't try to be happy because we might you know set ourselves up for failure, um, and it puts more pressure on us. He does talk about how if we have a why or a meaning or a meaning a reason for living a strong why, then um, we figure out we can bear any how. So no matter what we go through, when we have a strong, you know, strong relationship, strong connections, strong reason for living, then that'll pull us out of that. It'll pull us out of suffering. And so here we go. We're going to jump right in. It's such a great book and I, I definitely got a lot out of it. So questions to consider, like what do you think? Think about something that matters most to you in your life. Has it always been pleasurable? So think about something you really value. So what comes to mind for me is, you know, think about your children, like child, if you have children, like childbirth and um, think about maybe your career success. Was there challenge involved with that? Was there a bit of struggling? Was there some suffering in there? Was there a lot of effort that was required of you in order to reach that success? And I'm guessing the answer is yes. And think about even like, I know the Olympics have been on, think about Olympic athletes, right? It's it's not just all easy sunshine and butterflies. There was a lot of training, a lot of effort, a lot of, you know, if, if they have a why, what gets them through the struggles and the training and the, the, um, the pressure that they probably feel to prepare for the Olympics. And so, so he really does explore these five key insights in his book. So these five just pulled out five key insights from his book, the sweet spot. And it's all about discovering that the possible pleasure of suffering. So that there's possible pleasure of suffering that can lead and, and help us with meaning. It can help us really value and appreciate things in our life. So in his book, the sweet spot, the pleasures of suffering and the search for meaning, he He makes a captivating case that pain and suffering are essential, essential to to happiness. Suffering is essential, an essential source of both pleasure, experiencing pleasure, and also meaning, getting meaning in our life. And he draws on so much research, groundbreaking findings from the from psychology and brain science. He backs it all up by science. The sweet spot shows us that the right kind of suffering actually sets the stage for enhanced pleasure, for happiness. It sets the stage. It's essential for us. So what I really love about this book is that it actually helps you when you're in suffering. It actually helps you. Like for me, it's like, you know what? I, I'm procrastinating, you know, you know, doing a few things for work and I just keep putting it off. And, and the reality is, is that the effort that I'm putting in, there's something on the other side of that. What this book, the main key takeaway that I took from this book is that there's something on the other side of suffering. There's pleasure on the other side of this pain. There's, there's, um, um, triumph. There's meaning in this suffering. There's meaning in this struggle. And I love that concept because it really does help you while you're in the struggle or while you're, you know, feeling like you're putting a lot of effort in. 
All right. So choosing to suffer can serve social goals. It can help us in many ways. It can display. It can also be that, you know what, it displays how tough we are, right? If we're like showing, you know, that we are um, suffering and we're trying hard and we're busy, 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 like it kind of shows that we're tough. Uh, It can function also as a cry to help. So when we are our suffering, um, it can, we can see that it might serve us to help us to reach out to other people. So if we're uh, feeling very much alone or we're alone in, and I know I was alone when I love someone with an addiction and, um, it, it really did. That suffering led me to reach out to support groups, to reach out to coaches, to connect with other people. And it was, I need, I had a cry for help. And so, you know what, these, this really does help. So feelings of fear and sadness are a part of the reason why we seek pleasure, why we immerse ourselves in growth and learning and opportunity. It's why we kind of make change in our life as well. So you can see how suffering actually contributes to pleasure. Suffering actually contributes to get, provide getting meaning in our life, right? So that's really, really a main takeaway in his book. So let's jump into some of the key takeaways. So the first one that I took away was this idea that, and he did refer to Viktor Frankl's work, and we read this book and highlighted it in the past too, which is The Man's Search for Meaning. And um, he uh, in his book, he talks all about he who has a why to live, a reason for living, can bear almost any how. And so those who had the best chance of survival, when he was in in his book, he talked about his time at the conservation camps, um, um, concentration camps, rather, sorry, and he, that he noticed and observed that those who had the best chance of survival actually felt like they had a broader, broader purpose. Those who felt like they had some goals, those who had projects, those who had relationships. I remember him saying in his book, too, that he would just think about his pregnant wife. And that's what got him through it. He had a reason for to live. And so this can be kind of called tragic optimism. Like, you know, it's a perspective that we take is when you are in a tragic situation, you are able to find optimism because you have a reason for living. And that is so powerful here. And so that gives us meaning in life that really raises us up and helps us when we are suffering, when we are going through turmoil turmoil and struggle. So yeah, so he talks about um, how... Um, those who, um, his research in depression and suicide, um, and and also he studied his fellow prisoners in this book, um, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Uh, he talks about how he studied them and he'd wondered about what distinguished, I couldn't say that word, oh my gosh, those who maintain a positive attitude from those who couldn't, just couldn't bear it and they lost all motivation and sometimes they would kill themselves and things like that. So he concluded that the answer was meaning and it can show you just how meaning is so important from suffering. We can draw on this sense of purpose and meaning and, and reason for being here. So tap into that. What's your why? Um, you know, what's important to you? What goals do you have? What relationships are important to you? What projects can you start? Um, what can you look forward to? And that really can help you. So given that those who have the best chance of survival and resilience are those whose lives have broader purpose, they feel there's some sort of goal or project or relationship or a reason to live. And that was one of the, the main takeaways in that section of his book. The other 
thing that he talked about was this idea of suffering can enhance pleasure. Now you're thinking, what? That does not sound, it sounds like an oxymoron, right? But if you think about it gives us the contrast. So normally we avoid pain, anxiety, stress, and discomfort. We avoid all those things at all costs, right? But sometimes actually we seek it out and science has confirmed this. So think of your, you know, favorite negative experience. So it's really interesting. I mean, you maybe listen to a sad song. You maybe pop that pimple. <laughs> you maybe eat spicy food and your mouth is burning. You may go into a hot yoga class, or I've seen people too go in those cold bath plunge pools and things like that. Um, like my son, you climb up mountains. Um, you know, you maybe you run marathons. You seek out these negative experiences, so to speak, and these unpleasant experiences because. It, our brains are wired for contrast. So the, sh, you know, the sharp jolt of pain um, can distract you from the day-to-day worries. And sometimes we seek out pain to signal to others how tough we are. Or maybe sometimes pain is a source of flow and mastery, right? Like all the effort that has to go into something, it can cause you to go into this state of flow and, and mastery and learning something. So we do seek out unpleasant experiences, believe it or not. But Suffering can enhance pleasure. So probably the simplest explanation for this and what he called it, uh, called it in, in his book is called benign masochism um, is that pain and pleasure, they're intertwined. So neuroscientists, they actually will tell you that the brain is a different machine and that experiencing um, this contrast is really essential for our brain. So without suffering or uh, negative sort of uh, pain or, or the contrast, negative experiences, we wouldn't understand what pleasure is. So we play with this contrast in order to give ourselves pleasure. So we the contrast is what gives us pleasure. Isn't that amazing? So we seek out pain to maximize the contrast so that we experience that's what comes next, which is pleasure. So I wake up really, really early in the morning to go do my yoga practice in this super hot room. I sweat, I try really hard, I put lots of effort in. And after actually near the end, like that shavasana, that last final resting pose on the floor, the contrast feels incredible. And the pleasure that I feel then from rehydrating my body and it just feels so good. So suffering really does enhance pleasure. And so that's, that's, it's amazing just to know that, right? Um, is that we're, we're creating that. And I love that he talks about the old joke where about a guy who's banging his head against the wall. And when asked, you know, why he said, it feels good when I stop. (laughs) Isn't that funny? So, so what suffering and pain are you causing or what, what, um, are you experiencing in your life? What negative experience are actually enhancing your pleasure? So that's an interesting interesting question to consider. So let's jump into the next one, which is suffering actually gives us meaning. Now we touched on it a little bit, but if you think about it, the, the projects that are more most central to our lives involve suffering and sacrifice. If something comes easy, it's like, what's the point? So the studies have shown, and they call this the IKEA effect, where um, if you put effort into something, and that we're going to get into that effort sweetens life in a second. He talks about that in his, in his book as well. But basically, suffering gives us meaning, a sense of purpose. So individuals who say their lives are more meaningful 
meaningful, they tend to report actually more anxiety, worry, or struggle than people who say their lives are just happy. And so this meaning derives and comes from struggle. It comes from worry. It comes and is birthed out of struggle. Um, Also, people who say that their lives are meaningful tend to be in poorer countries where life is relatively more difficult. They also tend to enter or be uh, part of a professional um, a profession that that when they report more meaning, such as you know medical professor professionals or you know members of clergy or you know social workers, because they're dealing with other people's pain. So that pain actually causes them to feel like they have more meaning in their life. So suffering actually gives us meaning. So when we're asked to describe the most meaningful experiences of our lives, we tend to think about those extremes. Um, the, this includes like, you know, pleasant, very pleasant events, but also very painful events. And that's, that's pretty, um, that contrast, it shows you the contrast. So we tend to, per, we tend to choose pursuits that we know will test us that, you know, that they're, they're such as training in a marathon or raising children or, or picking a job that's challenging to get to have. Um, and so it's, it's amazing. So, you know, if it hurts as much as it's worth, like it's worth it, right? It hurts as much as it's worth. That's what they're talking about. So where has suffer, suffering in your life brought you meaning? I know for me, I suffered a lot when I loved someone with an addiction and um, but that really now moving forward has brought me um, to be of service to others who are going through that same struggle. It's brought meaning to my life. It's brought meaning to, you know, I, I've, I've, tr- I've come out of that on the other side. And that, that's really the theme that I've picked up on this book is like, there's something on the other side of, you know, struggle, of pain, of effort, of negative feelings, you know, keep going because there's big reward, there's pleasure, there's meaning on the other side. And uh, that suffering can give us meaning. Okay, so the next part that he talks about in his book, which I love, is that effort sweetens life. Now, I gave you a little sneak preview. It's called the Ikea effect, um, that big box store where you assemble all your own furniture. And with science has shown that people prefer objects that they've helped create. Um, They become invested. They become more attached to things. And um, they like it better when they've put more work into it, when they've put effort into it. So that's one classic finding in psychology, that the more effort you put into something, the more or you value it, right? They call it the Ikea effect. And so I, I, I really love this idea because sometimes it's hard. We put in all this effort and effort is actually really important because it, it makes us, it's the secret, secret sauce that makes things better. That effort that you put into something is what makes, you know, sweetens things. It makes you enjoy things more and it enhances pleasure. So sometimes we like really, we seek out to make things easier for ourselves to reduce effort. Um, and we try to make things easier, but that's like a paradox because effort is the secret sauce that makes things better. So isn't that crazy? So another manifestation of pleasure of effort is what Mahali, I love this. We, we highlighted his book, Mahali Csikszentmihalyi's book called Flow. Um, and he calls it flow when people are like, they're engaged in, um, pleasure, satisfaction, and richness, um, they're immersed in an activity in the moment. And that's what we 
call flow. So you know you're in flow when you lose track of time, when time goes by without you noticing it. Um, But for this to happen, there needs to be this wonderful balance between something being a challenge um, and enjoyable and, and getting pleasure out of it. So if you think about it, if it's too easy, you're going to get bored. And if it's too difficult, you're going to get anxious. So it's a nice sweet spot, like, you know, combining effort, a certain degree of effort actually puts us into flow state when we're trying things, when we're working on things. So when you feel like you're putting in all this work on something and you're not quite sure, remember there's pleasure on the other side of that effort. And that really, really, does resonate with me. So the last little point here that he talks about within his book is don't try to be happy. And I know that sounds crazy. It's so funny. Don't try to be happy. Um, And this whole podcast, right? If you're listening to the Live Life Happy platform of this podcast, uh, you know, live life happy. That's what we're, and I always want to say live life happier because you know what? There's ups and downs in life. And it's not about putting a fake smile on all the time. As we know, in positive psychology, there's ups and downs with emotion and And so what he talks about within his book with this point is don't try to be happy, is trying to be happy can actually be self-defeating. You can basically screw up at being happy because you're trying too hard. So it turns out that people who pursue happiness are more likely to be depressed and lonely, and science has confirmed this. By setting unrealistic high expectations for ourselves um, and people who pursue happiness, they you're, we're basically setting ourselves up for failure. So it's really important that... Um, Um, that we don't do that, that we're not pursuing happiness and that that can set us up, right? Um, Because there's some things that can get in the way of being happy. So the second part of the problem is that when we are asked what makes us happy, usually we don't really know what makes us happy. We're usually wrong. Sometimes we think it's extrinsic goals. We think it's related to praise or reward or looking good or making money, but actually those things don't make us as happy, right? So making us less happy less fulfilled. Um, And it's actually those things are linked to depression, anxiety, and mental illness. So it's paradoxical, right? And so if you want to be satisfied with your life, if you want to experience pleasure and joy and meaning, you need to try less hard at attaining these things and not pursuing them. And the idea here is that you know, there are going to be ups and downs in life. And there are going to be times when we are feeling suffering, we're we're challenged, we feel turmoil. And the great news is, is that those things are essential. That's the human condition. We need to go through things, those things in order to enhance pleasure, in order to give us meaning, in order to sweeten life with effort and putting that effort in. So that's it. That's basically the, the, the summary of this book. It's all about proper balance between pleasure and suffering and the paradoxes of a happy life. Like that is the paradox. So psychologist Paul Bloom, he really does explore how essential the experience of suffering is in order to give us meaning in our lives and that suffering can actually enhance pleasure and give us meaning. So how has suffering and pain played a role in your pleasure and how does knowing this actually help you in your life? 
So I know my key takeaways and my aha moments were that there's something on the other side of the struggle. There's something on the other side of pain. There's something on the other side of all that effort you're putting in and those negative feelings. So keep going because there's big reward on the other side. There's joy, there's pleasure, there's meaning, and it's all available to you. So the other thing that really resonated with me too is do more things that are challenging and that require big effort because the more effort you put in, the more pleasure you're going to get from it. So be okay with effort and that do it for the pleasure that will come from it and asking yourself, what's on the other side of this, right? Because you know what? Nothing worth it comes easy. So that's it, my friends, the sweet spot, the pleasures of suffering and the search for meaning. I hope you enjoyed this wonderful highlight and um, I cannot thank you enough for listening. We got a lot of fantastic books coming your way, lots of summaries, amazing uh, books relating to positive psychology, and I can't wait to share them with you. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.